You're listening to episode 45 of the Hot Grits Podcast. I'm Travis Jadon, and with me, as always, is Spencer Maddox. On today's show, we have a Frank Solkowski interview, an interview with the big guy, the sports director at WJCL and the Savannah Sports OG. But first, Spencer and I will mix it up for a few minutes on a number of things. Here's the 45th edition of the Hot Grits Podcast. Okay, Spencer, the bowling match that everyone has been waiting on is finally set. Sunday, February 28th, kind of a cool date, uh, 12 o'clock, I think, 12 o'clock noon, um, it might be 1 p.m., but we're not sure yet. Uh, 12 probably at the Largo Lanes or Tibet Lanes off of Abercorn. Right. Um, not all of that is just logistics compared to what matters most. It doesn't matter where, when, who, how. We are going to knock down more pins than whoever right. is facing us. It recalls uh, 2017, maybe 1997 Bulls, those 2017 Warriors, that level of dominance heading in. I mean, who knows... Who knows how this will all shake out. The little guy has sometimes beaten the big guy. David did beat Goliath the one time. You know what I mean? But right. uh, I don't think they're bringing a slingshot to the bowling pin. So, Well, I can tell you this much. Last night, uh, we're recording this on Thursday, January 21st. And on Wednesday, I was up at Coach's Corner on the Rubbin' and Grubbin' show with, uh, with Dan. And, and producer Larry yells from behind the mic while, while we're recording that Brandon apparently can bowl or touch sometimes 235. Oh, really? And I sat back in my chair live on their recording. You can you can find it on their YouTube page right now, Rubbin' and Grubbin' or Coach's Corner Facebook. Sat back in my chair and I go, well, if that's the case, we will not fare well. Yeah. If he bowls at 235, we will lose. Here's the thing. His partner... His partner. That's the thing. It's not like we're playing best ball has, here. ...has nearly promised. And this guy's former military. He wouldn't lie. Okay. He... Not allowed to lie, right? That's no. like one of the yeah four rules. They got four. I think they kick you out. Even like uh, they'll they'll give you a dishonorable discharge after you've already been discharged for lying. Right, similar to like steroids in baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, he can't lie, and he says he's not touching a hundred. So if you and I, here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna bowl a pair of one seventies. Yeah, and we're gonna take the title. That's it. We're gonna have a bunch of stuff going on for that bowling match. We have a lot of really exciting stuff planned, and. and Really, for, for it's nice that it's kind of out of our hands. Uh, Lawrence and Coach's Corner and John Henderson, they're doing a bunch. But we're raising money for charity. All the money is going to charity, and you can sponsor a team. Again, all this information, we will get to you guys, and, and we hope that the HGP fam will respond in kind. Yeah. Um, the charity is taking— G-Fam, baby. That's what we're calling them. G-Fam. G-Fam. Make the shirt. Remember now. we discussed this and haven't done it Haven't done it yet? G-Fam. No, I don't remember. I have no recollection of that. But I, I'm on board with it. Yeah. Um, we will get you all that information, but hopefully they that you guys will respond and, and show Coach's Corner and the take care of our... Take care of one of our own charity. Um, you know, right? How loyal you guys are. It's so super. It's super excited. I'm super excited for the bowling match. It's also like anytime you can do something that's like for like, like something like completely selfless like that. Like you have the opportunity to do something selfless like that. I look forward to that. That's that's fun. Now there will be a trophy. Uh, yeah, yeah. But 
what they, there will be like a physical trophy i don't know if they're gonna have one or not but i know uh shout out brad's trophies in savannah that's a real company name brad's trophies right i will maybe selfless isn't the word i was trying to use there that makes me sound kind of arrogant huh but no. you know something good something inherently good i look forward to that something that no matter what we do it's going to be tough for us to to screw this up <laughs> you know what i mean like even if we're in the way Somebody else more worthy than us is going to be getting money, and that is the key to it. And that is good for the world. Yeah. You know what is not good for the world? I feel like I know where you're going with this. 62 unsolicited text messages, most of them with images from a general manager of the New York Metropolitans, are New York Metropolitans. These guys. Do you know, you know, I got this while I was at work, and I just started busting out laughing the notification i immediately started busting out laughing all i saw was mets gm and lewd images and i knew it was over with right it's a wrap and, and for and you know the mets were in contention for george springer if you follow mets fans on twitter or if, or if you know mets fans to them they had already wrapped up george springer he was right. signed sealed delivered basically the same exact news period the same day Springer signs a, a six-year, $100 billion deal for t- in Toronto, <laughs> and Houston fires its GM, or I mean, uh, New York fires its GM. So in classic Mets fashion, they're going to screw this up somehow. And I, I do want to say that, like, I mean, they were the, the girl, the woman that, that essentially was forced out of her job. She was a foreign, or she was not from America, right? Working as an MLB beat reporter. Okay, and she comes over here and she's subject to that in this country's most famous city, arguably the most famous city in the world. Yeah. She's subject to that so much so, Spencer, that she's forced to quit. She doesn't tell anyone why, family issues or something. And then she's back, not even in the country anymore. That's what this guy did to her. So, like, that is an all-time scumbag move. You know what I mean? Yeah, it also came off like... This dude's got some like legitimate mental problems. Like, how do you send sixty-two uninterrupted, no response text messages to anyone, my it, guy? Anyone. Period. I, Much less yeah. it's a woman that you're trying to like convince to have sex right. with. You. But like, if I text a like an old man and he it, more than two or three times in a row, say over a four-day period, and he yeah. doesn't respond, I'm wandering the streets. Looking up in the sky, wondering what's wrong with me. Why won't? Yeah. Why am I such a weirdo psycho? Sixty-two, and yeah. some of them had emojis, which is one could argue the worst part of this entire thing. And and they would no. Have, I think it was the penis in hand. I, I think that was the worst. Well, part. the the actual human penis in the in the in the text. There was messages. some. There was some like whispers that this was uh, that. It wasn't actually his dick. Like he ripped a dick off of Google. That's what images. he said. Yeah, yeah. Stock images. Oh my god, dude. It's, That's even more embarrassing. Right, right. <laughs> like, he should have gone back to the drawing board for sure. Like if he's in his dungeon with his uh, like like creepy crew, like his agent and his rep, and they're like, "All right, we got it." Stock images. They were just stock images, right? Like they. It wasn't your dick. <laughs> All you did. That's good. That's good. All you did was right look up sixty-two dicks and then send them to her unsolicited. Unbelievable, That's good. bro. Unbelievable. Uh, so, and they were in the midst of having like an all-time good off-season as far as Mets standards go, right? Like they were, they had turned themselves into somewhat of a contender in the NL East. 
Yeah, they no longer had to start Robbie Cano at second base because he cheated. Yeah. Uh, and then they're getting Jeff McNeil back healthy. They got Pete Alonso. They've signed. They their pitching is loaded. They got yeah. Lirion or they got uh, Lindor, uh, Conforto in center. There they were. We talked about this. They're yeah, they were loading up, and they probably still are. But this kind of thing is so mess. It's not <laughs> even funny, is, dude. I mean, but like also not. <laughs> no, yeah, it's funny. I mean, yeah, there's, nothing, there's nothing to say other than, I mean, a poor girl, like, I really do feel for her, but, I mean, Mets fans, come on, bro. So, she had to move, and I'll tell you guys what you're going to do if you have to move. You're going to call John Carr Real Estate in Savannah. How you like that one, Spencer? That was like pretty that good. Segue? That was pretty good there. John Carr Real Estate in Savannah, 912-228-0916 or johncarrealty.com. You can also visit him at 6349 Abercorn Street or on Facebook, John Carr Real Estate. This guy is an MVP of selling real estate in the Savannah area, and you guys are an MVP. Obviously, you're listening to this. So pair up with John Carr. Call him, 912-228-0916, and tell him the Hot Grits Podcast sit you. Spencer, we'll get um, the people to Frank Solkowski interview, which was, which was as expected, pretty electric. Um, Frank brings it. Every time we bounce around on some stuff, so right. stick around for that. But I did want to want to say, one of the people that I grew up listening to, uh, at least weekly, probably more like daily, was Don Sutton, the radio voice for the Braves, or or a radio voice for the Braves. Uh, he passed away, and it, it, you know, I'm not going to go in and give an obituary or anything. But Don Sutton was the kind of radio guy that. I would hope my kid could listen to with his favorite baseball team because right. that's what it reminds me of is sitting with my pops or I'm done with my baseball game on a school night and we're heading home and we get those 20 minutes of Jim Powell and, and Don Sutton on the way home. It's a part of your childhood, unlike basketball and football. Yeah. And, and so it's really sad. I'm curious to see what the Braves do there, who they put in that spot. They have Frank Cora already on TV. So, you know, we can – we can dissect that a different day, but I wanted to at least make note of that. I used to love how he called Brian Giffen, Grandma Giffen, the producer. <laughs> it was so awesome. Anything else? Uh, no. Did you want to do the Hawks ceiling watch real quick? They did have a uh, a pretty big victory last night, and a lot of our a lot of our listeners have been clamoring for that Hawks ceiling watch. I'll let you start. Okay, so Hawks come back from a seventeen point deficit can in we, the fourth quarter. Go I'm ahead. sorry, I'm sorry. Hand up, hand up, hand, hand up, up, hand up, hand up. Um, I, I did want to touch on some. It's not huge news. Okay. One president did leave the White House. Oh, this week. that was important. I, another president entered the White House this week. Can you tell us what your All last? Right. Uh, yeah, that's right, it for that. Yeah, um, right back to the Hawks ceiling. Uh, watch. Can you tell us what your last ceiling was? Um, my ceiling was seven. Okay, and I'm, I was a nine, a modified nine. Yes, I'm uh, bumping us up. To sixth, we got Cavaliers ahead of us. Uh, everyone below us is, I say us, I'm, I'm keeping it, us. Everyone below us is a worse team. I think the Hawks are a better team than the Cavs. I'm bumping them up to sixth. That was a huge win for morale. That was a huge win. That's probably the biggest win of the season, for sure. Even though it was against a depleted, or not depleted, a, a shitty Detroit Pistons team. The Hawks are depleted. They're getting healthier. It was a huge win. What's your ceiling? So last time I had a modified nine, meaning I made up a playoff format and made them the nine seed that wasn't going to make the two out of three right. playoff. Um, I don't think it's that impressive that you 
won barely in overtime to Detroit. You don't think it's a 17 I, point comeback is impressive? I, I I don't. Well, you blew one. You blew sure. a 17 point lead to go to, to get into overtime. Us and and I I hate the way Trey Young's playing. Yeah, I, I hate the way Trey Young's playing, and I don't. He was on fire last night, bro. I mean, I, I know, but even when he's, I just don't. It doesn't seem Trey Young can get 30 no yeah. matter what, even if it's ugly. That's not really a concern. Yeah. Long term, maybe one game or two, but it just something ain't right. He didn't. They're, I they're mean, too, he, he the looked, roster's too good to be this. Well, yeah. Man. I mean, they are. They are thin right now, bro. They're about yeah. as thin as it comes. But how long does it? Take? I will say, I've been really frustrated with Trey Young as a fan for the past four or five games. Like extremely frustrated. Yeah. But I've seen what he can do, so I wasn't right. too too worried about it. I knew the lid would come off the basket, and it did in the second half. So I'm I'm pretty confident. But I mean, he's got to he continue still that run. The same shot nothing yeah. changed except for that he made the shots let me ask you this and then we'll close up and right. and get people to Sokowski here's the age old thing new team a lot of new guys yeah it takes a while to mesh how many games do they played now 14 14 alright what is the number where we cannot use that anymore uh, I'm gonna say 25 I'd like to see some of the roster actually play D- Danilo Gallinari hasn't played Chris Dunn hasn't played. But at some point, if you're and twenty five is a good number for me. Yeah. If you're twenty five through and someone hasn't played, that sort of is who you are. Yeah. Well, it's a failed signing, but you're gonna have to. Hopefully, they come back and add to your team. But that team right yeah. there is who you are. People that follow this team pretty intently, we haven't gotten a big question asked. How is it going to work with the rotation of John Collins, Clint Capella, and Danilo Gallinari? Because those guys have to play. They're four, three of your best players. Right, and that question won't. It's not going to get answered with a three-way uh, agreement. No. It's I mean, just impossible. Yeah. Unless something, knock on wood, Trey Young goes down or something, and, and you could bump somebody to the one. I don't know. what You still can't play them heavy minutes to no. get together. Um, and we want to see the closing lineups. There's so many questions that have to be answered about this team, but I've, things are looking up after that win, I would think. All right, uh, Buccaneers, what's our future bet? What, what do we got here? We got two more wins. We got two more wins, dude, and then we get we get crazy. I promised my family to take them to dinner if Bucks win, so I made everyone in my you family. You promises first. Yes. No, no, no. I'm keeping that promise. I've, I've pretty much promised away all these winnings already. So you've got a bar tab. Prioritize me. Yeah, you got a bar tab. You're not and- spending... Like hundreds of dollars at the bar, though, are you? I, no, I can never spend. Yeah, that. I didn't you think so. See, you've seen how I drink. So I you bar tab family like dinner. It's it's not like a nice dinner, like a jalapenos dinner. You know, like something south side to go. Keep it south side. Yeah, to go. Perot. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, that's that's where we're at, dude. I'm the biggest Tom Brady fan of all time right now. Like I, so if they make it to the Super Bowl, you win half of what you would. No, not half. Not I win. Close. I win like. A buck fifty, two hundred, or something like that. It's it's not like a huge payout. Nice. So you're getting me. They like, have to they have to win the Super Bowl for any of these payouts to happen. Nice. So if, if they make it to the Super Bowl, I get a maybe like a deuce deuce from the gas station, maybe a forty ounce. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll buy you a can. No, I'd like a forty ounce of the brown paper bag, please. Oh, okay. Oh, you mean oh forty ounce? Yeah, I didn't hear and that not part. from the back in the where in the cooler. You want of the a cold forty five? I want them up front in that ice that's melted. You know okay. what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, 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 yeah. So you have to sit there. I like and those. While your hands I like those wet. right next to the the old fashioned glass cokes. I love those. <laughs> yes, yes, the old fashioned glass cokes. The Mexican cokes. I hate my the dad cokes now that they have names on them. Like I don't want to look down and see Jorge's name while I'm on. Capping my coke every time. That's a different episode. Yeah, right? I don't like that. Um, at Podcast Grits on Twitter. At Jadon Sports on Twitter for me. 
Uh, it's uh, hotgritspod at gmail.com. Hotgritspod at gmail.com. Shoot us an email if you have any questions or you want to go ahead and let us know that you want to sponsor for the February 28th bowling right. match. And, and you don't have to commit to anything. But or we'll prospective just... guests as well if you want to come on the pod. Shoot us there. Right, yeah. If you if you want to sponsor the, the match in any way, and believe me, there are low sponsors and high sponsors. You can spend any amount of money um, on this thing. If you want to sponsor us, we'll have you on the podcast for a segment. And, and, and depending on how much you sponsor for, you can take over and, and, and create whatever the segment is that you want on the Hot Crits podcast. Um, make sure you rate and subscribe, rate and subscribe, rate and subscribe. Spencer? Follow me at Spencer Maddox underscore on Twitter. And what is it? The Hot Grits on Instagram. You're going to remember that at I, some at point. Some point I am. We are looking forward to that day. <laughs> Until that day, you guys are going to hear my conversation with Frank Solkowski. This is a good one. So stay tuned, stay safe, and wash your hands, you filthy animals. Peace. Let's talk about Coach's Corner for a second. Coach's Corner in Savannah is the number one sports bar in the 912. We're the number one sports podcast, and they're the number one sports bar, so it's a perfect match. That's right, Trav. Those Honey Dijon barbecue wings, man. You're all, those, you're all about those. I'm all about those, but you know what else I'm about? What's that? My hungover breakfast at Coach's Corner, dude. It's the perfect place. So you have a few beers with the boys. You watch the game. But next morning, you're not feeling so hot. You need a little pick-me-up. You go to Coach's Corner. They got breakfast now, man. 6 to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, Coach's Corner in Savannah is serving breakfast now. Check them out, 912-352-2933. That's 912-352-2933. Visit them online at coaches.net or 3016 East Victory Drive. Also find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Make sure when you go, you tell them the Hot Grits podcast sent you. All right, thanks for sticking with us on the other side of the Hot Grits podcast episode number 45. No time to exchange pleasantries. Frank Solkowski and I jump right into it. So enjoy. We'll start the conversation off with Frank's early days at WJCL and in the media industry as a whole. Enjoy. But uh, Frank, this is your 15th year at WJCL. I think I saw that on Twitter correctly. Uh, you're celebrating your 15th year there this week. Yeah, it was actually 2006, uh, Martin Luther King Day, uh, and that was my first day on the job at, at WJCL. Um, I, I got hired just before Christmas and had my put my two weeks notice in down in Albany, and then uh, made my way over here and, and started, uh, you know, right here in January 2006. And Frank, obviously, you being from Savannah. And, and, you know, going to school in Statesboro, graduating from Georgia Southern, uh, and, and growing up in this area, I know it holds a special place to you, whereas other, you know, other media might take pride in the beat and, and they might, you know, want to do a good job and learn the city. You're from here, and so you have kind of a special, um, you know, not allegiance to it, but I know you take great pride in making sure this city is covered because you're from here. Um, do you ever think about what, you know, the way things might have shaken out had you, you know, be, you know, been celebrating your 15th uh, anniversary, say in Atlanta or, or in another city that, that wasn't your hometown, how things might have shaken out? I think about it all the time. I mean, I think about small decisions, you know, along the way. I, I was 
uh, you know, six months out of college and was offered a job in Laredo, Texas, uh, and, and was about to go. If I had enough money to, to fill up my gas tank, I probably would have gone that way, um, you know. And then along the way, there's been other jobs in the Midwest, in Colorado, and, uh, you know, and, and it's, you know, it, it's that butterfly effect. It's one small decision, and, and, and that's it. Uh, you know, I will, before I came to Savannah, I was down in Albany. I had worked in Atlanta, Statesboro, Macon, uh, but I was in Albany there, and, you know, I was, I was kind of getting antsy. And um, I, one day at the job posting at WJCL came open, and, and I, I sent, you know, my resume out, and, and I had a call back, and Next thing I know, I was I was you know dipping over early one day to come for an interview, and Savannah was one of those places I always wanted to be. I mean, you know, graduating from Georgia Southern, uh, I did my my internship at, at the, you know one of the competition stations at WTOC, uh, and Rick Snow was the guy who I did my internship for uh, summer of, of 2006. It was the last thing I did before I graduated, and, and ever since then, Rick has been a mentor of mine and. You know, I learned a lot, and it was very hands-on, and I'm thankful for the opportunities I had there. So I knew I always wanted to come back to Savannah, and there's been a number of times, you know, over the years, you know, my younger days where, uh, you know, I was contacted about potential openings there at WTOC, and it never worked out. And, and uh, finally, WJCL came open, and, uh, and, and I jumped on the chance to, to come over to a place that uh, I always wanted to be. So uh, it, it, I don't regret any decisions or taking you know not taking this job or that job and you know growing up around three and a half hours from here in tifton uh you know savannah was the big city to us uh, right. and that's what's crazy you know savannah was the big savannah making were the big cities uh so you know roughly i get to come work in the big city so uh you know it was one of those ones i always wanted to be here well that that's a wild story about you almost moving to Texas, Frank. I, I didn't know that. Uh, how close were you to actually making that move? Were we talking, you know, days, weeks, hours? Oh, it, it was it was a week. I mean, I I was offered the job, and I said I just need a day or two to get my my things in line. And uh, you know, I started looking That's at wild. there, and I mean, it was going to happen. And I, then I, you know, the reality sets in. And I looked at my checking account, and I was <laughs> like, you know is this the right time for a move all the way across the, the country? Uh, I mean, at the time, when I first graduated from college, I was working three jobs in Atlanta. You know, I was at Georgia Public Broadcasting doing a show called Prep Sports Plus. Um, and, and then, I mean, that was more of a, of a freelance gig, so you were getting paid per story. Uh, so I had to go out, and I, I found a job at a small little AM radio station up in Cumming, Georgia, and I was doing the morning show there every morning and reporting, and I still wasn't making enough money. Uh, so then I, uh, I took a job managing a movie theater, uh, movie theaters on Saturdays and Sundays, because when I went to Georgia Southern, I was a manager at, at the movie theater there in Statesboro, so I had that background. So, yeah, I was working three jobs at the time, and it just, you know, if the stars were aligned differently, and, you know, I may have been that way and been on to a different path, but. You know, again, everything happens for a reason. Well, Frank, sort of to that end, have you been offered any other jobs um, of late or, you know, in, in recent memory that have been good enough or, or have been enticing enough to at least make you consider leaving Savannah and leaving WJCL? I know nobody wants that, 
But, uh, you know, I, I know you can't have gone 15 years without having fielded other offers. Um, you know, the, the thing is, as you, as you start getting older, uh, you know, you, you, if you if content where you are, and, and that was one of my, my big goals was to, to get to a place like Savannah where I could set up roots. And, right. you know, a year after moving here, I, I was married. Uh, and then, you know, then my daughter came and then another daughter came. So you get to a place where, you know, you, you want to set up some roots. And, and, you know, there's always the the chances that there's a, a bigger and, and other opportunity out there. And, and I've been approached about them over the years. Uh, and it just it, it just didn't seem to be the right time or the right situation. And and, and it just kept, you know, calling back of, of what's been established here and the work that you put in here. And. Sometimes you just you just say that uh, you know there's unfinished business to take care of here, and and, and I'm completely happy where I'm at. So uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not getting any younger, um, and it's it's one of those things where uh, you know I, I continue to progress, and now doing news anchoring and, and sports, and I get the best of both worlds. And it, it's right now for my life, it, it, it's it's pretty cool. I mean, it's you know I, I've been called upon, uh, and you know. It, They've given me the opportunity to, to cover some of the big news stories that have happened, whether, you know, it was it's hurricanes or the sugar refinery over the years or the type of election we just had. Uh, to be entrusted with, with that kind of stuff, uh, I understand my role with Georgia, uh, you know, with covering Georgia Southern over the years. So I'm a graduate of there. Uh, you know, I, it's one of those things where all those type big stories just kind of come easy when, when you have roots already established here. And, 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 you know, you don't get into a lull. It's not like you, you get uh, complacent, uh, but you're always looking to, you know, have new challenges. And, and what I've, you know, established and experienced here in the past year and a half was this new, you know, doing the news anchoring where, you know, I have to think a little bit more. I have to be more uh, ingrained into not just sports in our, in our area, but I have to be up to date with, uh, you know, the city government and, and what's happening all around our communities and, and, and having those contacts as well. So it's been a challenge, but I think that, you know, kind of lights a little spark under because, you know, if, you, if you're a perfectionist like me and, and you're a workaholic, then that it was perfect. It was a perfect fit. Okay, Frank, I, I'll ask you this because I know when I was covering sports full-time um, that I became sort of not jaded, but almost a little numb to sports in general, even after two years you know, just two years, um, just because I got so wrapped up in doing what I loved for a living. But then when I wanted to get away from work, I couldn't enjoy the thing that I loved because it was the work. So it was kind of a catch 22 because they always say, do something you love, but then you end up doing that thing 24 seven and it becomes sort of a, uh, a curse more than a blessing for you. 15 years, a lot longer than two years full time and a lot longer than, than, I've been covering sports in any capacity. Have you felt at all that you've crossed that bridge before where you've become numb to sports or that you're not able to quite enjoy them because you can't escape them? No, I, you know, the, 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 the thing that I've been very fortunate about is, you know, my family, they're not big sports fans. I mean, my wife and my daughters, uh, they don't play. They, they're, they're you know, they, oh, that's it, awesome. That's such a blessing. <laughs> so, I mean, they're interested in it, but, you know, 
the beautiful thing is I could be around sports all day and going to games and practices and getting that fill of that locker room smell and getting that adrenaline I need uh, to fulfill that, that need. I, I, I love having being around sports, but then when I come home or, or have vacation or have a couple of days off, uh, it, it's a complete disconnect. I mean, other than staying on top of things, social media to try to stay abreast or, yeah, you know it firsthand. Uh, you know, your job never really stops because things never stop happening. So you always right. have that time, but the beautiful thing is, you know, I may have to, you know, make a call to a coach or, or you know, call into the station and give some, uh, you know, some information or write up a quick story or cut some quick video, but then I'm quickly going back to, you know, to, to taking my daughters to the American Girl store or, you know, driving to buy a, a bunny. You know, that's the best <laughs> thing about it, that, that you know, it, 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 it forces you and, and is welcome uh, to be able to turn off. And, and, you know, the other thing about me is, you know, I early on in my career, I would watch sporting events on television and, and I would be nitpicky. I'm like, you know, what's that person doing there? What is this? What is this? And so – I purposely, you know, at, when I'm at home, I'm more into documentaries and, and yes. watch stuff like that where I can disconnect. Now, there'll be sports documentaries, um, uh, but it's, it's a way to disconnect. So I'm more about documentaries. I like doing yard work. Uh, you know, I will play golf occasionally. Uh, but it's one of those things where the older I get, it's not like I have to have that fill of sports 24-7 because I do get it already with my job, and, and it's enough, you know. It's the crazy thing is I, I may not know everything or be up to date with everything that's going on in the national sports scene, uh, but, you know, I, I know what's going on in Hazelhurst, you know, for the high school, yeah. what's going on, you know, in Metter or Hilton Head or Bluffton. So it's fun, and I have the, I have the right mix, and I, and I don't know if I would feel the same way or be as excited, you know, going to cover sports and, and going all in 24-7 if I didn't have the escape of non-sports time with my family. Okay, Frank, one of the peculiar things or one of the, I guess, things that seem to be going around or were going around while people were quarantined and, and this whole, the whole COVID thing was really full on over the summer. People were learning instruments and, and learning how to cook and, and, and taking on new hobbies or learning new languages. Um, I don't think I did any of that, but I feel like I might have been the only one to not learn something new. Uh, did Did you pick up any hobbies? Can Can you uh, Can you play an instrument, or or have you learned a foreign language or anything like that yet? Because you know, I, I don't feel like I'm the smart one. You are the smart one. I mean, that's exactly <laughs> something great to do. I haven't learned a new skill. What I What I've learned is uh, <laughs> is, is is to try to not trash talk my children. And my wife, what we've started doing is playing a lot of Nintendo Wii and the Switch and all this. Other. So my yeah. kids are involved in place that, you know, and playing video games, and they're starting to play, you know, Mario Brothers and Mario Kart. That stuff is in my wheelhouse from when I was in college, and we would play. And so, you know, it's been fun to, to kind of watch that progression. My my daughter, who's in middle school, she's really big into, you know, both my kids are actually big into art and stop-motion videos and, and editing and everything else. So it's been amazing uh, to watch them, you know, continue to evolve in that as well. But, yeah, I haven't learned anything new. I mean, I, I learned that uh, a quarantine and a worldwide pandemic will help you put on some weight if you need to. <laughs> and so that's been, the, that's been the thing. And then, you know, during this pandemic, uh, you know, over the summer, 
I, I'm out fishing and and I break my leg fishing. I dislocate my ankle and break my leg. So I was actually, uh, you know, on the shelf, you know. So I learned that I'm getting older and I have to be more careful. And, and I also learned that I, I don't need to be wearing flip flops when fishing, you know. In, in you know, that's what I that's what, that's what I learned. All right. Well, yeah. At least you learned one thing from quarantine, then, right? That that's a positive. Um, Frank, so obviously Georgia Southern, it's sort of your wheelhouse and, and you're sort of the go-to guy for Georgia Southern fans, you know, not just around here, but really across the Southeast, there's not, you know, too many outlets covering them now. And, and you know, as, as far as being plugged into the program, you, you're someone I want to ask. I used to bounce this same sort of question off of Mike Anthony. My first year covering Georgia Southern was 2018. And obviously that was a magical season for Georgia Southern where they finished 10 and three a year after going two and 10 um, brand new coach and Chad Lunsford brand new coordinators uh, shy Wirtz, a soft a rising sophomore at the time there were some question marks um, just sort of a whole different vibe around Georgia Southern that we weren't expecting that kind of a historic season in 2018 but since it was my first year I never know if if Maybe I'm a little romantic about it, and maybe it wasn't that magical of a season. I still think it was. Was it as historical and and, and memorable and legendary in terms of Georgia Southern's football program history as I think it is? Oh, and I, I you're, you're exactly right, and it and it is, and it, you have to ask sometimes. You have to pinch because you know Georgia Southern fans are so adamant about, you know, a lot of their past because there are so many chapters in the history of Georgia Southern football. I mean, and it, it's, it's amazing every time you share that with someone new and they're like, you know, why are the yellow school buses? And you give that explanation and this and that. But, no, 2018 will have its own chapter. I mean, when you go from the disarray it was to just getting back to revelant, you know, being revelant again, you know, and, and the way they did it, and the way they were able – I mean, let's be honest. They won games because they didn't turn the ball over. Yeah, I mean, not only did they not turn the ball over, they did so at a historic pace. Nobody in the history of college football has turned it over fewer times in a season than the 2018 Georgia Southern team. That's wild. I mean, that – if there's not – if there's not more of an example of how do you win games? Well, you don't make mistakes. You don't turn the ball over. That's how you win games. It's not necessarily going out there scoring more or stopping. It's don't kill yourself. And, and Georgia Southern, all you have to do is look at 2018, and that is case in point. They didn't hurt themselves that year, so they were more successful. Frank, do you think that Chad Lunsford could have ever dreamed up a, a better start to his career as not only the head coach at Georgia Southern, not only his first head coaching job ever, but the head coaching job that he has said and people believe that this is the job he's always wanted. The first year to go and have that, like we just said, historic season, there's no way that Chad Lunsford could have ever, ever dreamed of that, right? I mean, listen... To go out and do what you do in 2018 to set the tone from what had happened in the years prior, you re- the, the, it's a good problem in a way, but what Chad Lunsford did was set the bar so high. Right. You know, and what we've seen is 
they haven't gotten back to that yet. Um, yeah. You know, and so not saying that it's been a complete disappointment. They're, they're, they're not having loose seasons. They're still more than they're losing. And But, yeah, that, that, there hasn't been necessarily that magic, um, and there hasn't been that type of, you know, outcome as far as wins go and, and you know, the turnovers and everything else. Let's be honest. It was – and I, I, I kid about it. I'm like, this was almost a Disney movie-type year. That it that really was. It really, like, had a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah you, you, at the end, you know, where 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 the these guys there at the at the Camellia Bowl, the relief, and I mean, because what they have come from to get to that point, I, I it, it it left me speechless. It really was. It's kind of numbing uh, because you know, in in today's world, you don't see those kind of quick turnarounds like that, and you know, it necessarily hasn't equaled the same or or progression fully up, but there are still areas that are trending up. And there's, you know, I think what happens is, again, that bar was set so high and, and you had guys that were so hungry uh, that weren't satisfied with what they were doing. So they get a little bit of stability and, and you see what happens. And they went out there and they played for each other. Uh, and I know I can only fit so many cliches into this, but that's, that's kind of what it was. Those guys believed that they were better than what had been shown in years prior and they were playing for each other. And, they didn't want their legacy uh, to be what had happened in the, the previous couple years. Do you need work done at your house? Do you live in Savannah? Perfect. Then call Bewley Oaks Home Improvement today and tell them the Hot Grits podcast sent you. 912-667-5235. Ask for Tony. If you need work done inside your house, outside your house, you need the walls done, roofing, flooring, bathrooms, kitchen, garage, anything you need done, we guarantee the Bewley Oaks Home Improvement knows how to fix it. So again, call them, ask for Tony, tell them the Hot Grits podcast sent you, and they'll take care of you. 912-667-5235. Yeah, I mean that's what that's what really stuck with me was guys like Wesley Fields who, you know, before the season and, and uh, you know, kind of in the off season, you could see and sense the embarrassment, um, and, and you almost wanted to just reach out and, and you know give them a fist bump and just say, hey man, it'll be it's gonna be all right, even though obviously we would never do that like that. It just looked like everyone was so embarrassed as to what they had just come off of two and 10. And not only that, I mean, two and 10 and about as ugly of a, of a way that you can go two and 10, if that's possible. So, so that to me is what stuck out guys like Tyler Bass, guys like Vildor and, and Monquavian Brinson and, and guys like that, Curtis Rainey up front. They had a bunch of guys that were almost selfishly trying to fix their own reputations in Statesboro before they left. And I, I think that's what struck me in my first year, Frank, was that those dudes cared that much about what citizens in Statesboro were going to think of them from there on out. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I knew, you know, he, you know that these guys were serious about it. And, you know, I want to go back because you just touched on Wesley Fields. And right. it's amazing because that 2017 season – I think the program reached a, a low, maybe of all time, 
when Georgia Southern lost at UMass. And I remember looking at Wesley Fields on the sidelines and the look of just sheer depression. He was beat down. This was, this was, this was affecting his emotional, his physical, everything. Uh, you know, losing and, and being embarrassed uh, takes its toll. And then, fa- you know, fast forward to 2018 when they win the bowl game and seeing, you know, the tears on these guys' faces. And yeah. the, I mean, again, uh, some people will, will say, you know, group of five, G5 football isn't real football. And, and bowl, there's too many bowl games out there. And I call bowl because that Camellia Bowl, Georgia Southern winning on the Tyler Bass walk-off field goal, uh, will go on as a historic moment in Georgia Southern football program because they had reached the depths. I mean, they had gone all – I mean, the year before was was just a horrific, horrible year. Uh, and then to, to have a high and to, and to turn it around so quickly, and like you, you, you talked about, those guys who, who took it personally and they, and they played with a chip the whole season, and to see the relief when it was done was something that I'll always remember. Yeah, I think I'm with you on on all of that, Frank. And and want to thank you again for taking the time to join us. Uh, we'll wrap up with you soon, I promise. Um, I, I wanted to circle back to you, to your new role at WJCL, um, and and your role as I believe you're still a sports director and sports anchor, but you're also a news anchor now, and that recently happened, uh, and, and so. I uh, wanted to touch base with you about that. H- how has that new role been going? If I, if I got your role correctly, yeah, just news that. Yeah, I'm a I'm still sports director, sports anchor, but I'm also the the uh, news anchor. So I okay. my, primarily the five o'clock news anchor, the five to six. Uh, I, I do that with Riley Miller. That's our show, that hour long show there. Uh, but again, there's been times during the holidays and during the week with especially with this quarantine where I may anchor the five, the six, the seven, and 11. I may anchor the news and do sports. So uh, thank goodness, you know, that, that I paid attention over the years and, and, and have been entrusted to be able to help out and, and be able to do some of the new stuff, uh, but still also be able to do my, my sports. And, again, I, I'm unable to do uh, what I do without the, the weekend sports people. And for, for right now, that's Amy Zimmer who's out there humping, you know, just getting the job done uh, because I'm taking it. Sometimes I'm not able to get to the 4 o'clock things and the 5 o'clock things because I'm tied up with the news. But it's, right. it's great to have someone who, who has also bought in and is really involved with the community this past year. She was, a, she was you know, helped coach volleyball at Savannah Country Day. Uh, so she's very passionate about the, the prep sports as well. For her to be involved and, and to do what she's done, uh, she's been a godsend, and, and even before her, we had Amber Lynn, and then before her was, was Stephanie Farratt, and Stephanie's now teaching television down at Richmond Hill High So, you know, you, you look at the lives that, that, you know, change. You know, Stephanie moved down here uh, to, to do weekend sports, and she met her husband, and they had their first child this year, and, and now she has a new career in teaching. And it's just amazing how, you know, a job can, can basically shape your life. Frank Savannah is obviously like a really unique job in terms of being here and being working in sports media, whether it be TV, print, radio, or other. 
you have to cover so many different aspects, but I think most notably is, is inside the lines and outside the lines of Savannah Chatham County public school sports. Uh, and, and I'll also include the private schools, but, but the school, the amount of high schools here in general and the amount of talent here in general, and, and frankly, the, the amount of corruption and, and things that happen back door and behind closed doors happens a lot here more than I think other cities. Uh, do you think that there's anything that you could say or think of or anything that, that you've always thought could fix high school sports in Savannah, some of these problems? Cause I feel like a lot of people have, you know, a good way to point out the problems, but they can't figure out the solutions. Yeah. Yeah. I think what, you know, and I, it, it's kind of unique because what we've seen, you know, for the past, you know, 10 years has been this evolution where recruiting has, has taken on such a life of its own. Yeah. And that's become such a big aspect of what we do as well. I mean, we, you know, something I've done since day one when I got to television was, was cover, you know, scholarship signings. It's something that I'm passionate about. It's a special moment for those kids and their families and those schools and, whether big or small, you know, it's, it's always great to be there to cover those events. What I find is that we're, we're starting to get to a point now where we're covering more of the, re, you know, recruiting process when, when you know, players are getting offers and, and, and they're, they're down to their final three or four. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's taken on this new twist. And I think, you know, what we do, and, and I've noticed it just on social media, is take a look at who's following you. And, and, and it's not just the athletes or parents or, you know, the, the occasional uh, sports fan. You have college football coaches and athletic directors following you. They're actually using local media as a recruiting tool to stay yeah. up to on what some of these young men and women are doing. So, uh, you know, I think that's where our job has changed a little bit, and, and, and I think people may not know that is, you know, we like sharing those positive stories and the accomplishments of what the, the local kids are doing because it may lead to something down the road and it gives them positive, you know, a, a positive twist. Now what we need is, you know, the, the coaches and the administrators to, to continue and to even put more stock into the grades and keeping those kids in line. And, and so when those colleges come recruiting, you know, they're, they're not, you know, being turned away because the grades aren't there or the tests aren't there. And, you know, I know there are, there are a lot of groups around Savannah who, you know, are, are taking care of these kids and, you know, and, and trying to teach them up and get them ready for the future. Uh, I, I, and I, what, I, what I think I would love to see uh, is, is more of some of the, the guys who have made it out of town, you know, to, to get scholarships or professional. And we see it. We see it from time to time. But I, I would love to see uh, almost kind of like a committee uh, of former guys who, you know, or, or become mentors for those, you know, those younger, the younger men and women who are trying to get scholarships and continue to better themselves. We have some amazing people who have, uh, you know, used their athletic abilities uh, to, to get the new level. I mean, we're seeing it at a higher clip now where Savannah is a recruiting hotspot, and that is so much fun to, to be able to see. But to one of your points, yeah, I, I don't know if this is the case everywhere across the country where a, a city Savannah size has this much going on 
from from one thing to you know one day to another. And it's one of those things where you know it's also you have to remember, especially with with in the television end of it, where we cover uh, we cover almost all the way to Waycross and out to Vidalia and Jeff Davis up to Buford and Ridgeland and and always south to Brunswick and stuff. So think about a giant circle with all the high schools that are going on there and all the potential sports stories where, you know, it is virtually impossible to get everywhere, but you try to stay up with everything you can, you know, and coaching changes and and signings and and big games and which games to cover. And, you know, you're never going to make everybody happy. Uh, You you just try to, to tell the best story you can. Uh, and get to the best games you can and share the best news you can or, or share those stories that matter. I mean, it's an expansive area, uh, you know, and we can't get to everything, but we're, we're sure going to try. And we may not have something on day one, but if, we, if we're working on it, we'll get it as soon as possible. Uh, it, it's, just, it's just crazy, you know. It's, you know it, it goes back to you hear rumors and you, you get information in, and then it may take a day or two or three to process it before you get confirmation and can report it, uh, you know. So that's kind of the thing is just to, 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 re, to remind people that, yes, something may happen, uh, but, you know, I, I can't necessarily just stick it on the news because you right. say it happens. And, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know that most people – I don't think I realized how few people understand that. I don't think they realize that – like, would you, you're not going to go putting your name by something just because there's, uh, you know, someone's told you or someone sent you something in a DM or a text message. There's a job to it. So you start with a little piece, a little crumb almost, but then the job really begins. I, I think people think that when they send you a, a clue or a tip or a leak, that, that they expect a story to come right away. You know what I mean? As if the whole job is to just accept text messages and phone calls. That's not it at all. It's a lot of work that goes into it. No, it, it, it's a it's a responsibility, and it, it's something. It's a responsibility where you know I think some some journalists over the years, you know, even going back to when I first got in, it goes back to that old cliche that used to be around newsrooms: if it bleeds, it leads. Right. Uh, that's an old saying. Uh, I think what we've seen is. You know, with the expansion of the of the internet and all these different websites, and everybody's so in a hurry to get information out. The most important thing is getting correct information out, uh, and and not always being first is it. I mean, I know one of the one of the stories that that you shared on social media earlier today about a coach being uh, let go or or not retained. You know? Yeah, Coach Gene Clemens. He was on uh, episode thirty of a of Hot yeah. podcast. Yeah, I had parents sending me DMs back on Friday at 8 o'clock saying that he's no longer the head coach at Jenkins High School. And I'm like, that's amazing. I have to, you know, I have to do my due diligence. I've sent three emails to the school system, haven't got any confirmation. And then I finally got hold of, you know, Coach Clemens today, and he, you know, clarified that he will not be back. So it's one of the things where, yeah, it's great that I had people tell me on Friday, that gets you working to a story. But you have to validate the information before you go out to stuff, you know, on social media and everything else. And that's I think social media has done that, where, where people are they want that information now. And it also goes back to I think a couple questions ago we were talking about it. Yeah, you have to be in tune with everything. I mean, you have to be, or you're going to miss stuff. It's crazy. And there's there's things that you're working on now that may not come to light until Friday. You know. Yeah. It's, 
it, it, you know, it's the same way. It's like, you know, you get told from sources some information that you can't share, uh, but you know, so you're waiting to happen. You know, it, it's, it's crazy. It's like, you know, it's like I, right now, you know, Friday, I know they're going to announce a new head football coach at Effingham County High School. I, you know, now I'm working on to find out who that person will be. <laughs> you know, so. Right. It, it's just but one you of get those, that little tip, and then that's what sends you on the goose chase. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it's a scavenger hunt. And that's, I think that's the other part that you, you talk about, you know, does it ever get boring or anything else? No, I think the scavenger hunt and the, and the putting the puzzle together is part of the fun of it all. Yeah, Frank, I mean, that really is, to me, a rush unlike any other is chasing down that story. Um, all right, Frank, let's wrap with this. Uh, it'll be Georgia Southern-centric and Savannah-centric. Um, you probably know the question that's coming or the, at least the topic that's coming. Um, you know, and you can feel free to, to answer this this one how you like, Frank. But in terms of speaking about Wesley Kennedy III, Chris Harris, the two Benedictine graduates and Georgia Southern seniors who were suspended uh, indefinitely earlier this year, along with CJ Wright and Ephraim Kitchen. Uh, listeners of this podcast will remember that story, so we don't need to rehash. Let's assume that the listener knows the story of the four. We know that Kennedy and Harris are Benedictine graduates, and they were not allowed back or you know, by, by some power that be, either the school or the law or both. Um, Kennedy has likely played his last game as a Georgia Southern Eagle. I say likely, that's a definite. Uh, and Chris Harris, uh, um, not sure on him, but to me, Frank, is, is there anything you can say about that situation where CJ Wright comes back to play, Ephraim Kitchen comes back to play, and then their mom on Chris Harris and Wesley Kennedy? There's pending law and, and there's cases that are still open, but Wesley Kennedy played 40 games for this school and he had some pretty big moments. He won games single-handedly. He was their team MVP last season. 1,874 career rushing yards, 20 touchdowns, and it seems like they kind of tossed him to the side. Uh, do you have anything that you can add or shed light on uh, in terms of that situation with Chris Harris and Wesley, and especially Wesley Kennedy the third? It is sad. I mean, it's completely sad. It, it, and it's really sad because, you know, it's like you, you touched on a university, they're not going to say much while there's, you know, an investigation going on or charges are pending or you're waiting for a court case or, or this, that, or the other. My yeah. understanding of it is, um, you know, the, the two guys who came back, and again, this was never given to me by anybody at Georgia Southern or anything else, there may have been a plea. You yeah, know? yeah that, that's, I think that's what Mike and I also – yeah, I mean, because if there's a plea and all of a sudden it's a misdemeanor, that you know, that's that's one thing. But if you're if you're still charged with a felony and you're you're not taking a plea or you're not taking lesser charges or this that and the other, that affects maybe coming back to a program. You know, and, and it's right. one of where it's beyond my pay grade. I don't know how you know lawyers do their things and the workings of the court. I, I mean, I watch a lot of court TV stuff, and I see a, a heck of a lot of lawyer commercials on television, put it that way. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know the inner workings of it, uh, you know, and it, it's one of the things that you can only go by what you're gathering, you know. And mm -hmm. it's, it's one of those things where, again, I think it's, 
you have to remain, uh, you know, on straddling the fence. I mean, at that point, because innocent until proven guilty uh, is it, something that I, I guess is there. And, you know, and you just keep waiting for that information. You know, uh, uh, you know, I've spoken with uh, parents of, of both Savannah guys, you know, and they haven't given me any information or reasoning why, you know, they have or haven't been back. So do you do you think that those that they would want to avoid talking about this situation or or talk about it nonstop? It seems like it, the fact that it's just disappeared and, and no word from the lawyer, no word from Kennedy's camp or from Georgia Southern's camp. It's just weird to hear silence in this situation, especially with an NFL combine, maybe for Kennedy. Uh you know, in the wings, and as well, they're both eligible to return to college football if they like because of the COVID rules. It's strange to hear the silence, you know? I mean, and, and that's, that's the scary part because, you know, we know sports. We don't necessarily know law. Yes, that's true. You know, that, that's the big difference, and that's something where I've had a, you know, I, and I still get it wrong sometimes. So I have to, now that I'm doing the news, I can't say you know, has been charged if there, someone's alleged, allegedly, you know, alleged crime. I mean, it's one word can turn a whole story around. So I'm going to be completely honest. Whenever there's, uh, you know, a, a situation like arrests in law, I, I'm scared. You know, I'm because that, that takes it to a new heightened level of reporting because, you know, the semantics of it all and, and the way you put it out there and the word, yeah. uh, that makes a big difference. And so... It, it's scary. So, and that's why, like, you know, everybody's like, uh, you know, oh, you like reporting happy stories. You damn straight like reporting happy stories. <laughs> it's, not hard to, it's not hard to get a story wrong when, when, a, when a football player is, is out doing something good or when a, an athlete supposedly does something bad. That, that makes it tough because, let's be honest, you know, when, when, when things are going great, everybody wants to talk to you and everybody wants to, to talk about the situation. But when something goes bad, you know, a lot of people don't want to talk about it. I think that's where you have to be as a journalist is be there. And, and that's all you can offer up. Listen, I'll be there in the good and the bad. Yeah, exactly, Frank. And I think a lot, a lot, you know, you probably see your numbers on your website. And I know I certainly did when I was at the Savannah Morning News. The people that say that journalists and, and beat reporters are only interested in the negative news or even people that say, oh, this you use the clickbait or or you use a mugshot photo in order to get more clicks. We've seen the clicks. The clicks come way more abundantly when the story is negative than when it's positive. That means you, the consumer, the reader, the viewer, is the reason why our bosses were telling us to do those things. So it's sort of a vicious cycle in a way if nobody clicked on a mugshot photo you wouldn't even see them anywhere but the fact that hundreds and hundreds of people and thousands of people do means you see them and, and again and you hate to you hate to say that cliche but you know i, I just finished watching you know the, the tiger woods documentary oh how electric was that part too man oh my gosh it was it was it was amazing stuff but you know and they and they touched up there that you know, uh, there's a sect of society who want to see people fail. 
you know, and that's just it. And they want to see yeah. someone humble, you know, and, you know, for all intents and purposes, you know, Tiger Woods, why would you want him to fail? Because he, he was the best in the world? You know, so, so I mean, and, that, and that's, and that's the problem we, we, we face in, in, the, in the society. I think we've seen it during the election and, and everything else. There's two sides to everything. Um, but it's just, you know, there's the, I, the, the whole fake news thing, that's just a made-up word. Yeah, and, you know, that, the fake news thing really bugs me, Frank, because, you know, it, it bugs me more than a bunch of things because no other career field gets bashed as a whole like media and especially now. You know, you know what I mean? And I've had people say in front of me before, friends, people that don't even realize that they're what they're saying, but they, they'll say things like fake news or that the media is what's wrong with this country. And, and, you know, I'll just say, please, like, don't say that in front of me. You know, like, you moron. Why would you would no one would ever bash a dentist while he's working in their mouth? You know what I mean? No one would ever say that all, all firemen. Uh, are corrupt and they're on the side of the fire itself. That's never happened. But but instead, in the last few years, it's just become some sort of you know made up witch that the American public is having to fight. Um, and it used to be the opposite. Uh, it's it's strange times. It, it it is wacky, and it's one of those things where uh, you know I can't speak for the national and and the you know and the. Sure. Networks and everything else. I can only speak for your local journalists, and trust me, trust me, there are there are no agents of conspiracy or or anything. We we are people who go to the same church with you. We our kids go to the same school. You come by my house, you'll see me mowing grass. Stop talk sports. We'll we'll do it. Uh, you yeah. know, it's one of those things where there, there's no agents of conspiracy or fake news wanting to to hold you know. There's an agenda. There's no agenda in local news. Our, our job is to inform uh, and keep our community safe and entertain and and bring information and share information. That's why we're on air. So I mean, you may not like all the stories, but you know, you may the stories you like, somebody may not like. It's just it's just trying to, to report what's going on and and, and be you know be a, a you know someone who shares the history or. Or shares what's going on, uh, you know, uh, what's going on in our area at that certain time. But yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy. Uh, you know, it's 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 a it's a it's a fun field. Uh, did I ever think when I graduated from Georgia Southern in 1997 that I would see and do some of the things I've done? Heck no. Uh, would I change anything? Hell no. 